everybody, and welcome to the Cardboard Family Games Podcast. I'm Daniel, and normally I would be joined by a cute little seven-year-old named Asher, but today we have another member of the Cardboard Family Games family, my very own brother, Michael. Michael, how's it going? Hey, it's going well. Good. I'm, I'm a cute, large 38-year-old. <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, so today uh, we're planning to talk about Pandemic Legacy Season Zero a bit. Um, mostly the prologue, I think. Uh, I played this with my brother-in-law, Andrew, a few weeks ago. We burned through it in about two weeks. And Michael, you just started this a little bit ago, right? Yeah, that's right. We started it. Uh, we can about a week and a half ago. So we had one uh, Friday night where we played the prologue twice, and we had another Friday night where we played the prologue one time in January one time. Okay, cool. So maybe we can get into January a little bit too then. So um, basically, let's let's kind of tell us a little bit about pandem- pandemic. Blah, can't talk. Pandemic Legacy Season Zero. How is it different from the other ones? Oh, sure. Yeah, pandemic. Hmm. So I guess for somebody who has played none of them before, but maybe played Pandemic, I mean, the Legacy game is basically um, taking a board game and stitching it into a story. So you're playing, you know, maybe a dozen times and you're changing the game as you go along. You're evolving maybe your characters. Uh, The board looks different cards. You have different cards. and then you end up with a uh, you know some sort of thrilling climax and uh, a lot of good memories and things to talk about with your game group. And so Pandemic Legacy Season Zero um, continues uh, the legacy story of Pandemic Legacy Season One and Season Two, which is about a a global plague with uh, more to it than than appears. And except it, uh, whereas Pandemic Legacy Season Two uh, happened in the future after Season One. Season Zero takes you all the way back to the Cold War and uh, tells you what I think may be the story of how Season 1 came to be, but I don't actually know that yet because oh, I've you only gotten through part of it. Yes, you have to wait and find out. Yes. It's a pretty good guess, though, I think. Yeah, yeah. They might, they might I, I be actually, connected. I actually thought that Season Zero is most like... I mean, there, there's some things that are very different from Season Zero and Season 1, but I feel like playing Season Zero feels more like playing season one than it does playing season two. Oh, why do you say that? Because I, I kind of felt like season two so far. But Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I just felt like, uh, you know, well, instead of disease cubes and going around and curing the, the different diseases like you do in season one, you know, you're taking on the, uh, the Soviet uh, KGB spies, right? You got these little, little red, red spies that are, I don't know, spreading across the board. And... You know, you're running around, and I felt like the roles were similar to season one, and, you know, clearing out the spies was similar to season one. You know, it's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, disease, and the disease being spies. So uh, in that way, in that way, it felt like season one to me. Yeah, that that makes sense. I, I see that too. I think what made it seem like season, what made it feel like season two to me was how your... Um, the the curing season two had I can't quite remember but it had a um a curing process where 
you were preventing countdowns, right? So you were losing cubes and you had to go yes. around and yes. drop off supplies to shore them up. So that was kind of a, you know, I remember like opening the season two box and playing the first game and thinking, oh, wow, this is backwards uh, in a good way. And this again is like, oh, this is a totally different thing we're clearing. So I guess that's kind of superficial. But then the other thing is season two had, you really felt like you were building things. And I kind of feel that way right. with season zero has these teams where you're building these um, elite spy hunting teams, I guess. And they sort of feel like assets that you're contributing to the board in each game. Um, yeah, so I, guess I, I, I just, you know, whenever I, I think about the teams, because you you can use five cards of a of a, a allegiance. You have allied Soviet and neutral allegiances um, or affiliations, I think, is the the proper term for the game but mm -hmm. you need you know five cards to make one unless you have an ability that lets you do it for less and um but they're these little vans um i don't know if i've i've got like a giant bag over here i'm gonna do my classic cardboard family games component bag shake here um and so there's these little trucks or vans that that your teams are in and I don't know, it just reminded me of Scooby-Doo a little bit, you know, with the teams running around the board, like, zoinks, spy scoop. <laughs> yes, <laughs> except the, uh, the the vans may be killing people. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's true. That's, that's a little bit, a uh, little bit, that's the uh, dark the dark version of, of Scooby-Doo there. Yeah, but, we've been making a lot of machine gun jokes. In our oh, nice, playthrough. nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, uh, yeah, I... I, I like the team's aspect of it. So let's let's talk a little bit about about the prologue because you guys struggled with the prologue. And to be warned um, to our very, very small listener audience, um, there will be spoilers um, as we talk about this. We're planning on talking about uh, the entire the entire game as Michael goes through it. So just a heads up, there will be spoilers along the way. So if you don't want to have that ruined, better stop listening now and start playing the game and then come back but yes. uh not spoiling any, anything with the prologue here so you have to accomplish two things uh one is you have to go find agent sabic or did you guys say sabic or sabik we were saying yeah kind of sabik i guess sabik okay uh you gotta go find this agent uh and he's hiding over in nova Sibirsk. And then you also have to, and this is one thing I really, really liked about Season Zero, you have to identify or retrieve a Project Medusa sample um, in an unknown city in Europe. So you don't know out of the oh, 11 cities in Europe, you don't know at the beginning of the game which city you have to go to. Yes, which that was a great surprise. That was yes. I did not know we were going to have that kind of mission in this game. Yeah, it's it, super cool. It changed, yeah, it changes a lot of the... Um, I mean, it just gives you a, a totally new mechanic. So we have one of our players sitting there with a scratch pad, you know, ruling out cities as we draw the cards from the uh, from the player card deck of European cities, hoping that we'll draw 10 cards early on so mm -hmm. we have enough time to uh, get to that 11th city and get that sample. So the first game that uh, my brother-in-law Andrew and I played we lost the prologue too and then we won the second time we played it and we felt like we spent way too much time trying to figure out which city in europe uh, the project medusa sample was in and mm. we you know because you had to spend extra cards to you could spend extra cards um to identify the city 
But in order to do that, you had to build a safe house in Europe. Um, and it just, it seemed like it was just too hard. So the second time around, we did what you were talking about, which is putting down these little markers on the board or having a scratch pad or something to figure out, you know, eventually, just as you draw player cards, what city um, you're supposed to go to. And that made it a lot easier. And I think that helped us win the prologue. But you guys lost twice, right? We did. We had, yeah, we had we had trouble. Uh, we, you know, we didn't even turn in those three cards to identify the European city. It didn't even get to that point. It was just that we got overwhelmed by the, um, so in Pandemic, uh, you lose if you need to place more disease cubes, or in this case, Soviet agents, and you don't have any more to place. And you also lose if you have these outbreaks or incidents where too many pile up in one city and you only get like seven of those in one game and then you lose. So we, so one game we lost because of we ran out of Soviets. The other game we lost because we ran out of incidents. But in both cases, we were basically out of both. And we didn't even get to uh, find that thing in Europe. Um, and I honestly don't know why. Like, I really don't know why we did a better job cleaning that up in game three than game two or one. I was hoping I'd have some insight to share. But, so, yeah. so in game, when you played the prologue the third time, which is when you won, right? Yes, yes. Um, was it was it close uh or or was it like oh no we just it was just luck of the draw we just had the cards we needed everything came together and it was a lot easier yeah it was um it was sort of close we we still had a lot of incidents and we actually had a nasty uh almost double outbreak of or double incident basically within like two or three card draws we had another incident um, early on in the game, which was scary, but then we just we just held the line and we we stopped them from breaking out. Um, one thing we had in the third game that we didn't have in the other two was um, we had more willingness to send. So there, there's a uh, a character that can move other players around, and in season zero, if you start your turn in what's called a surveilled city, you're going to have to discard a card. It makes it harder to win the game. And so in right. game three. Game one and two, we were not maybe using that as well as we should have. And I say that as a person playing that character. Um, we weren't as willing to send people into a dangerous city and then have that character pull them out before the start of their next turn. And in game three, we did that more. So I think we got to clean some uh, dicey cities that we might have let blow up because we were afraid of them in the first two games. Yeah, we were really cautious in our game too with, with the surveillance because we didn't want to take... Uh, I think it's called exposure or something like that. Um, is that is that the right term? Um, uh, you, you lose cover. Cover, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. like your, your cover's blown because we're all spies, right? Uh, so we were super cautious about that as well. And the two characters uh, we played with, and if you go on Board Game Geek or, or Reddit, it's kind of controversial around, you know, if you're playing a two-player game of Pandemic Legacy, should you play with two players and or should two characters or should you play with four? We've mm. always played with two. Uh, so Andrew was playing as the, the character that can move people around and teams around really well. And I was playing as the character that can give cards. And we found mm. that that was a really, really good combination because, um, you know, I could run off and take out some, some Soviet spies somewhere to keep some cities safe. And then Andrew could, you know, pretty easily rush me across the board to some other spot uh, and then uh, take cards from me or on my next turn I could give cards to, to him. And so that combo together seemed to be really, really effective. Um, mm. at... Well, that's really good because you're, 
because the character that the, that moves people can move what three moves instead of one, right? Yeah. Or up to three, and so you every other turn you're getting that uh, work compression. Oh yeah, I mean that was huge with teams as well. You know, just being able to kind of rush them around. I think with the prologue, we actually use multiple teams to guess in Europe. Uh, basically, there's a mechanic where uh, you have to do what's called acquire targets. And so you put teams in uh, multiple cities, if you want, or a team in a single city. And basically, you're saying, I think that this Soviet safe house or this um, you know, research facility or whatever is in one of these cities and if you you know you do acquire targets and then you look at the card that's underneath the objective and if you're right you succeed and if you're not right you failed and so i think we ended up using multiple teams to figure that out because we didn't end up drawing all the cards we needed to and it was kind of a guess at the end but we felt like we had our bases covered because we had multiple teams out there to check multiple cities oh wow that's so, exciting yeah yeah you know we we yeah there's I mean, there's definitely some other times uh, that we could talk about further on uh, that, you know, things got kind of interesting with some of that guessing. But I think, you know, that's why we won the prologue, because we were willing to guess. And I think you have to be willing to take risks in season zero a little bit more. Yeah, it, it makes sense. And uh, I guess, yeah, later on, we'll get to January, but we had kind of a similar moment where we just realized we needed to be aggressive and take risk losing or else loss was certain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, let's let's talk about January. So at the beginning of January... Well, let's um, talk about between the prologue and January. Oh, okay, yes. okay. Go for it. I, so first of all, this game comes with... Uh, you're basically making a dress-up doll for your character. You have, <laughs> yes, yes. You have a passport and you have... Um, you have eight different faces, like neutral faces, and you pick one of those and you put them in your passport. And then you uh, you can put like a, a little suit on, like the, you know, kind of it's from the shoulders up. You can see a little suit or a dress. You can pick different hairstyles, uh, mustaches, glasses. There's a lot of, it took us a long time. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was just, I was just looking for, for my, my passport. Uh, the passport books, I mean, they're cool. Um, yeah, a little green. They look real. Yeah, I'll, I don't recommend using one of these to try to cross anywhere. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, you you do create one, and and we always we always try to come up with a theme. So our our theme this time around was uh, office characters, <laughs> and oh, so good. I think I think my my allied alias was uh, D'Angelo Vickers, and uh, <laughs> you know I gave him I don't know I gave him like like a like a pipe and a mustache and some other stuff like that but but that was that kind of worked out worked out well Perfect. for us yeah 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 okay. we were uh very we have a very eclectic group so uh i think i named mine after my allied alias after an x-files character and uh someone else in our group named theirs tim mitt because you know it's tim backwards right so just you know all kinds of stuff uh, but there is something else in the prologue that I am going to go on record as finding, or I mean, between the prologue and January, I'm going to go on record as finding interesting without having any idea what it's for. And maybe okay. we can come back to this later. Uh, I found it very fascinating that this game asked the group to honestly answer 
three uh, sort of personality or character test questions. Yes. And yes. then it didn't. It did not. It said it was to guide you on your training. Um, but we're guessing that our answers are going to uh, maybe help us, maybe hurt us in some way, maybe both. Um, they, they were questions like, is it okay? Or would you be willing to manipulate someone to accomplish a goal? Um, what was the, what were the other two? Oh, I'm just, uh, I'm just looking for them now. Let's see if I can find, here they are. I found them. So in, yes, there's four questions uh, in the prologue. And, oop, that is the wrong thing. Uh-oh, I'm scrambling here. I'm not the game owner in our game I group, know. by the way, which is why I can't look this stuff up. No, that's okay. Uh, let me see. I don't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> we often consider the consequences before we take action. Does that sound? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah, we tend to blame ourselves when something goes wrong. And we're willing to manipulate people to get what we want. And as a group, you have to agree or disagree to all of these, all of these statements. And then you put it in. You have a little, little uh, personnel file, and you just kind of store it away. And I will say that that does come into play later on, and we can talk about it when you get to it. Yes. Um, but it is, it is interesting. Uh, kind of how that stuff is is used, and and there is there's so much more story in this this uh, season, right? There's just a lot more story that happens and storytelling uh, with the objectives, reading little little things, and um, I think there's just more flavor to the story as as you're playing um, than than the other seasons have, and that's just part of it. Like those those questions that you were talking about. It seems like it so far. So we said. We said to those questions, yes, yes, and no. And we talked about them. I mean, we probably took 10 minutes to talk about them, which is a long time. Um, it was fun. It was like a real discussion. It was sort of a made a discussion of our game group, like what, what are we like as players? So it was it was just neat as an activity in addition to whatever it brings into the uh, legacy campaign. So did you answer the questions as... Um spies working for the cia or did you answer the questions as michael and the rest of the game group uh from the midwest sitting around a table playing a board game we you know we we sort of considered both but it was the first one it was or i'm sorry the second one that won out like we we ended up answering everyone kind of true to our actual play styles and our character a little bit okay I think the I think the one that had generated the most discussion and may have come down to a vote was would be we be willing to manipulate someone um, for gain and um, yeah we we really we kind of struggled over that like which way should we be answering to this like how somebody might actually act in the '60s or what are we doing here but then later on we totally. Uh, contradicted that in the choice we made in January. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it was a bad answer. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of we were talking about those, and we agreed to all of them. Uh, we consider the consequences before we act. We blame ourselves when something goes wrong, and we were willing to manipulate people to get what we want. We we definitely said like, yeah, we're we're good with all of those. Uh, originally, we talked about it as like just human beings. 
And we're like, well, I'm not really willing to just manipulate somebody to get what I want. But then as we started to think about it, it's like, well, you know, let, let's try to really embody like the mind of a spy. And um, then we started going back and forth because we're like, well, if we manipulate people and they figure out that we're manipulating them, they might not trust us anymore. And then we might not have right. good intel. And so we started going back and forth and it wasn't as easy as we expected it to be to make that decision. Isn't it great how it just the discussion starts flowing from such a small part of the game? I, oh I just yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, good luck with uh, all of those things. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we will regret many decisions we have made so far. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, you'll have to remind me. Uh, what are the objectives, and what are the other big things that take place in January? Mm, let's see the oh boy i'm totally blanking on the actual text but essentially we had to find a um similar to the hidden european city to find the medusa piece we had mm -hmm. to do something similar in asia uh to find another clue and then um we had to um we had to get teams uh these these little intel vans in two south american cities and activate them both at the same time and um, I, boy, I can't remember now. Was that to get the spy, to talk to the spy, or was the spy hiding in Asia? But either way, it was a piece of intel, and then it was talking, making another contact to advance the story. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember, and I don't, I don't want to ruin anything, so um, I'll try to not say too much, I suppose. But no, that's okay. But I, I, I want to say that the two teams in South America has to do with uh, finding labs. Uh, yep, yeah, I, I think that's right. Yeah, okay. it was, it was because you have like to that, be, yeah. in, you have to be in both at the same time, and yes. do, and if you're not in both at the same time, then the other one, you know, bad things happen to the city that you're not in. Um, so that one actually has like. You did no cities. You did one city, or you did two cities, right? And so it kind of has three three conditions for that objective. Um, hmm. I didn't actually know that because we did it. The two cities we actually only read the uh, success uh, okay. bit of text, but not. Okay. It doesn't matter, I suppose. But yeah, um, yeah, it makes sense. That that Asia objective is hard because Asia is there's you know these different regions on the board, and Asia is the biggest one. Uh, it's got 13, 13 potential cities. And it has, you know, Soviet allied and neutral affiliations for those cities. So it's like, who knows what teams I, I could need. And um, it's it's hard to wait it out on mm -hmm. that one, you know, because it's like, I don't know. Like, what if we don't have the cards at the end of the game to build an allied team and we have to get over there? And so that that part um, is, is hard. That was that was that was very exciting for us because well, we ruled out the. There's one allied city in Asia, I yeah, believe. Saigon. We, Saigon, that's right. Yep. We ruled that one out fairly early. So we knew it was going to be Soviet or neutral. And we had the two neutral teams, excuse me, the two neutral teams from South America. And we had managed to build one Soviet team, although it was difficult. Um, but we've realized, so in Pandemic, um, of course, you can also lose if you need to draw player cards into their hand and you can't. And we had like five cards left. And we realized we weren't going to get the um we still had four asian cities uh left to you Ooh, know determine not, not good not, not good. good at all not good at all so we we you know we're like 
all right, we got to make a plan. And we um, just poured over the map and we figured out how we could get um, two neutral teams on two of the neutral agent cities and we could cover one Soviet city with the one Soviet team. And then we were just going to have to guess. And um, it was like, or maybe only two out of four, like two or three out of four that we'd have to just guess or else we were going to lose the game anyway. Um, and then, but then thankfully on the, uh, the next to last draw before we would have been done, somebody drew uh, one of the Soviet cards. So we knew that it was the other Soviet city. We were able to cover that, but um, nice. it was really down to the wire. Like we were good on Soviets and uh, incidents were sort of okay, but it was that card draw that almost got us. So it was a very satisfying finish. Yeah, I we ran into that multiple times where there was just it was like we're counting out the cards that are left in the player deck because it's like okay you've got a turn I've got a turn you've got a turn I've got a turn and then the game's over and we need to do all this stuff and we I feel like we haven't accomplished anything yet and so really really trying to figure out like okay what can we actually accomplish before the the game is over mm-hmm. um, and we only so there's there's like succeeding. And at the end of the game, you either succeeded, you did all the objectives, or you were adequate, which means you did like at least one or two objectives, I think. I can't remember yeah. the exact number. And I then think the wording is one or more. Yeah, and then there's failing, which you didn't accomplish any of the objectives. So it's it's a little bit different. And if you're adequate, you can still go on to the next month. Uh, you only repeat if you failed. And so it's like you might not get another chance at an objective if you like do one, but you don't do the other. It's like, I just may never do that one. You know, I just fail and my story goes branches and goes off this other way. And we, we definitely had to make some decisions sometimes where it was like, okay, we're just not doing that one because we need to just keep going and, and not fail as a whole. Um, so, you know, just it's, it, I felt like the deck, running out of cards was our biggest problem throughout the entire game interesting yeah well that's going to be challenging for us because i think we um we're all perfectly fine players but you know i think if there's one thing we we tend to notice those the dwindling cubes and the dwindling number of available incidents before we notice that the card deck only has like four turns left in it um maybe that's because we play a four-player game i'm not really sure but um it's something we're going to have to probably start noticing a little earlier Yeah. from what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the incidents? So incidents are similar to outbreaks in that, like, okay, you have to place an extra Soviet spy on a city that already has three Soviet spies, and now you get an incident. Uh, so it's a little bit different in that you draw the bottom card of the player deck, and then you look to see, or not the player deck, the um, the threat deck, uh, or whatever, the infection. Yeah, the, 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 the Soviet infection the Soviet, deck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, draw, draw from the communism deck, and yes. uh, um, <laughs> the the domino theory deck. Yeah, yeah, and then it'll have like some incident text. So, like, uh, let me see. Okay, so here's one. Um, it's called recognized. And it says players in North America or South America that are not in a safe house each lose one cover. So if you don't have any players there, then nothing happens, right? You you have one fewer incident 
to before you would lose the game, but you weren't actually affected by anything, right? right. Um, and we, we found that to be really, really random, um, mm. where it's like most of the time it's kind of innocuous, nothing happens, maybe your team gets moved, and then other times it was just devastating, you know, where we got these chain reaction incidents or we lost safe houses at like key moments. And um, that seemed like, okay, thematically, sure, things might all of a sudden take a really bad turn for the worse as a spy, I suppose. But it just felt like you didn't know what to expect from from the incidents. Yeah, yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. It it seemed a little um, swingy at times. It was the best. I think it was really nice when um, we were almost out of Soviets and we were really hoping to make it to the next turn and the games we were uh, struggling with, where you draw the incident and then you are just hoping that the incident doesn't place more uh, Soviets on the map, which they definitely can do. Um, that was fun. But um, yeah, overall, I mean, I think we would, the game that we won, we lost our safe house in Washington, D.C. on the very first turn or something like that. That's, <laughs> that's bad. Is, yeah, but then, the, but then like the next uh, five were uh, of no consequence. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. Like it, I, I'm not sure to think about it. Another thing I didn't like um, about them, I guess, was that um, I kind of just felt thematically that if you have an incident in Asia, you should have something bad maybe be more likely to have something bad happen in Asia, but because you're just drawing a random um, city off the bottom of that deck, it could happen anywhere in the world um, equally likely. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. You're, it's not like you're guaranteed that the card you're going to draw off the bottom is, you know, Hanoi or something like that. Yeah. 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 And then but, that yeah. card is actually, I believe, out, right? Don't you you put it in the game end area? Um, you do. You do, yeah. So, you, so that... Um, that was kind of nice too to know we wouldn't have to worry about certain cities i guess five or six cities by the end of most games yeah um, they would never accumulate soviets and uh for people who haven't played season zero the soviets don't spread like disease cubes do in pandemic and season one and season two uh or season two i guess they don't exactly but um anyway they're just you just build up to three and then if you have to place a fourth then an incident happens but you don't spread to the other cities uh, you can get chain reactions if you draw an incident off the bottom of the deck that maybe says place a Soviet in North America if this happens and you place on a North American city with three. But otherwise, they're not going to chain together. So it's a little more uh, even that way, but otherwise a little swingy as far as the, how disastrous they are. Yeah. So. And I mean, you know, all that to say, like, it, it, I think that's probably like my biggest complaint about the game is that the incidents feel random sometimes um but you know that's like that's a small thing and and overall mm -hmm. it, i'm sure it really evens out like you were saying like you get some really devastating moments but then you also get like let off the hook a lot um, which is very relieving you know when you draw that and you're like oh good nothing happens um oh yes <laughs> <laughs> but, those words were said multiple times right in right, right. <laughs> yeah so so you know that's that's a that's kind of just a, a small thing so uh the end of January, you found Sabik or Sabik. We did. Okay, so uh, you have a choice. He gives you some intel, 
and then you have to make a decision. What report do you want to file with the CIA? Do you want to file um, a report that kind of says, Savick says basically not to trust you, or do you want to leave that information off? Um, and I think that's basically the, the difference between the two. Um, what did you, what did your group decide to do with that? Well, as hinted before, we, we decided to go against the survey we answered and attempt to, uh, manipulate the CIA handler by not telling him that Sebek did not trust him. So we okay. filed a minimal, okay. a minimal report. We did too. We also filed a minimal report because, you know, we were sitting there and maybe, maybe this would make us really bad spies, but we were sitting there and we're like, well, maybe we can't trust our CIA handler. You know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe agent, agent Sabek, he's, he's got like the answers and he really knows what's going on. And so the CIA is going to turn on us and everything's going to go south and we're going to like horrible things are going to happen in the game because we're going to give them too much information or something like that. And so we're like, no, don't tell him. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, we had, we had a lot of that. And then, you know, there was like 20% of it that was just like, you know, probably most of the time you run across some sort of rogue agent, they're going to be complaining about the CIA. You know, do you really need to pass that on every time? Right, uh, we'll right. Just, we'll, just, that, we'll just leave that uh, standard uh, ranting out of our report like usual. Yeah, it's like running into a former coworker, you know. It's like, you know, and they're like, oh, you still work for such and such a place. And you don't need to go back and tell everybody what they said, right? Exactly. They know. They know what was unsaid. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so that's Coop, right. Cooper or whatever our handler's name is. He, yeah, Coop. Yeah, he, he filled in, you know, between the lines. Right. He knows. He knows. He knows what's going <laughs> on. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I like that. I mean, that was, um, wasn't expected to be presented with that kind of choice. That's not how the previous games worked, um, where you were making those kinds of story decisions so early on. So, uh, I mean, the previous uh, seasons of uh, Pandemic Legacy. Right. So that was, that was great. I was like, wow, we got this this cool set of choices in the prologue or between the prologue and January. Now we're already getting one in January and uh, we can kind of feel them starting to add up in a way that makes us a little uncomfortable and uh, nervous and excited. And it's just a really nice thing. Nice. Yes. So uh, at the end of the game, you get to do upgrades just like you do in pandemic legacy season one and season two. So you, you know, have points to spend, um, season zero is different from season two like season two you can progressively get like more and more points to spend and i don't remember what season one does with that but season zero is basically always the same if you succeeded you get three if you were adequate you get two and i think if you were failing you get one i don't remember yeah but it's not so it's not the same for our games though right because the formula is actually the number of players plus one point Ah, uh, yeah. So we're spending five and you're spending three. We were exchange. spending three. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Bit of balance there. Yeah. So, um, you know, we we were looking at things and they have some interesting upgrades. Um, did you see like the the visas? You can put a visa on your character and then your character can go to any, they can go to that city. They can just jump there, you know, as an action whenever they want to. Um, did, did anybody choose a, a visa? No, I am really tempted by them and, um, we kind of tried to talk about them, but, uh, it's funny that they, they sort of felt, um, they felt like they could be easily wasted compared to some of the other abilities. If we pick the wrong cities, 
maybe we overthought that, but we've left him there for now. How about you? So early on, I don't think we put a visa on in in the first month. Um, we did eventually, but we didn't in the first month because we were looking at him, we're like, it's one point. You know, I don't know. Like all it does is let you go to this one place. And uh, that just didn't seem to be that great at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just, we left them off. I, I want to say that, uh, I'm trying to think, I'm looking at our, I'm looking at our passports right now to see the upgrades that we have in there. And I know some of them come from later on stuff. Um, but I think we went for more just like abilities, um, instead of, instead of like, you know, oh, you can, you can put down stickers to like cover up surveillance and make it safer to travel around. We didn't do that. Uh, we went more so for abilities. And then we, and then okay. later on we tried to go for like permanent safe houses, uh, because sure. we felt like, we felt like that would be, be helpful. Those, yeah, those will be, um, probably coming a little later in our game than in yours because we've got that character that builds safe houses easily. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so, so far seems okay, but I know eventually we'll, we'll want those. Yeah. I think we covered up two uh, surveillance points that were really inconvenient. Um, like one in, in uh, Paris or something like that, or Lisbon or, or right. Madrid. Sorry. Yeah. One in Madrid anyway. Uh, but then, yeah, we gave our, um, we gave our um, safe house builder the ability to clear a Soviet from a neighboring tile because he's jumping around a lot in our game. And we set up, we gave one character a, I like this. So on that sheet also, you have these contacts. So your character can have contacts. The contacts live in one city on the map. Yes. And they do something for you, right? Yes. And uh, so we got a crime boss, which I thought I thought this was like a cool little mechanic so the crime oh, I boss had, i had the crime boss too okay where'd you put yours we put ours um, in kiev i put mine in kiev <laughs> well it's a perfect city <laughs> it <laughs> is that's so funny yeah, yeah yeah wow okay well it makes sense right because he, he hits all those highly surveilled uh soviets like he can clear guys out of moscow yeah. and you never have to yeah. go up there exactly yeah. we yeah we were like Oh, yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember if the crime boss was from like, you know, stuff that you got later on or not. So I didn't want to say anything about it. But yeah, yeah. I put I put the crime boss on D'Angelo and, uh, you know, in Kiev, because we were just looking like, well, what what area has a lot of Soviet cities that, you know, and what city has a lot of connections, right? And Kiev, uh, let me see. Uh, Kiev has four connections. Mm-hmm. And in itself, right? So that's five, five total cities. And one, two, three. Yeah, four out of the five are, in, well, actually five of them, right? Because it's Kiev, Prague, Warsaw, Leningrad, and Moscow are all uh, Soviet cities. And, and then you have Istanbul, which is an allied city. Um, but yeah, super, super, super good. <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear you. It sounds like it worked out for you. So I'm hoping it's going to work out. It's going to work out for us. Yeah, um, I hope so. What was your uh, what was your runner-up? Because we had a little debate about where to place ours. Um, I think we also looked at like Shanghai, and yeah. and Calcutta was the other one. We were basically just looking at like what areas of the board do we have a hard time getting to um, that are you know, and what cities in those areas have lots of connections. And that was it, right? That was that was basically how we decided. 
Gotcha. That makes sense. I think our we looked at one other. Yeah, we looked at an Asian city, but I, we actually ended up having the most debate about uh, Ki, either Kiev or I want to say Bogota, either Bogota or Mexico City. Um, and the reasoning was that it would Havana in this game is a really oh, tough city Havana, to clear. Yes, huge, just a huge pain because you can't get a Soviet team all the way over there easily. Um, so you have to risk yourself every time you go in to clear it. So we, so it was one of the cities that was touching Havana, and then it, it touched a few others. Um, but yeah, we are hoping the Kiev thing works out. Yeah, and I suppose that makes sense, right? Like you think about like blockades and stuff. It's probably difficult to travel in and out of Havana. Uh, oh yeah. So, so thematically, I, I I guess that that works out. I really just wish you know that I could have, like in season two, I could have just taken my pen out and decided to draw a line from Washington to Havana and just walked <laughs> walked over there whenever I wanted to. That would have been great. Oh yes, absolutely, man. This game that we have. There are like four spots already on the map where I'm just aching to draw a new route. Like I really hope we get that ability. Don't tell me if we do, but I really hope we get it soon. Yeah. And and I could fix a few uh, glaring issues. Yes. Especially are, around Pyongyang. That's the worst one. Oh yeah. It's impossible to get to. Like you have to yeah, spend it's very like hard three, to get there. three turns just to get in there, and then you're surveilled. So yeah. I ended up with a, um, one of my characters later on uh, had a visa to go to Hanoi. And that helped mm. out a little bit. I mean, it's still it's still three steps away from Hanoi to um, Pyongyang, so you know I would just kind of like go to Hanoi and then have you know um, the other character just move me up there, and then I could start my turn and you know deal with whatever need to be dealt with. Um, but yeah, nice. Yes, yeah. Pyongyang. Pyongyang is a hard hard city to get to as well. We might. Who knows? We we might even visa straight to Pyongyang just for those games where it's starting out uh heavily infected with soviets means almost certain loss yeah so just the dennis rodman you know pass just get in there yes exactly exactly um okay well uh anything else about january or the prologue that you feel like needs to be said um boy yeah i don't know i uh it just feels good like it just it feels really this game feels like such a complete idea so far. Um, just the mechanics and the theme and the new stuff and the story. Um, mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we knew we were going to have fun with it, but we're just very optimistic about uh, continuing and uh, just, yeah, I know we're going to feel that pulling us through the whole, uh, the whole experience. Yeah. I need to buy another copy to uh, play with uh, my wife Taylor, right? Your sister-in-law. You obviously know that. Uh, um, I do. Yeah. I met, I met her a few times. You have. You have. Um, I We played through season one and season two together. And so I need to buy, I just need to order another copy. And maybe I'll try to do that soon so that as you guys are playing through, Taylor and I can play through and then, you know, we can we can uh, see what happens in, in that game as well. But yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. My brother-in-law, Andrew, said that this is by far his favorite um, I don't know if he said by far. He said though that it is his favorite of the um, of the Pandemic Legacy games. He enjoyed it the most. Mm. So, and I think he's played season one a few times, and we've played through season two together. I think we played season one together as well. So, he's got a little bit of experience there. But, but yeah, super super fun, super exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to you guys getting into February and March. When do you play next? We play, so we have to take a little break. We're going to play next in uh, um, 
three the three Fridays from now. So yeah, about twenty days. I know. It's brutal. Yeah, yeah. Well that's okay. Well, um, Michael, thank you for uh joining us here on the Cardboard Family Games podcast. It's been great. Looking forward to the series. Yeah, this has been fun. Um I think Asher should interview me next time as well. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if we can uh, we can get him in to to ask uh, ask some questions. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as always, uh, if you have questions for us or want to uh, suggest a game for us to cover on the podcast, you can contact us on our website or you can hit us up on Twitter at cardboardfambg. Uh, You can also, I should probably say what the website is, cardboardfamilygames.com. And then um, we were recently listed on Apple Podcasts. So if that's your jam, go over there and give us a review. That would be fantastic. Um, Otherwise, you can find us in other places people listen to podcasts, like Google and Spotify. Uh, So hopefully you'll check us out. Um, Well, thank you, Michael, for being here again. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time, happy gaming. Happy gaming.